Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to season three of Good Question. This is our ninth episode in this season, and we have one more coming out next week. I have to tell you, I could not have asked for a better way to wrap up this season than this conversation today and the one you'll hear next week. I love how God confirms his word to us through different people, doing different work for the kingdom in different places and stages and roles. It's truly a gift that he uses this podcast to speak to us, and I hope you're being blessed by it. Today, I had the great privilege to chat with Mark Crowder. Mark is a music director. He's a songwriter and an artist who is seeing God do something absolutely amazing with his music. At the time of this recording, Mark's powerful song, Anything Can Happen, from his 2021 live recording, is sitting just below the top 30 gospel songs in the nation. That is incredible. What I loved about chatting with Mark is that he is truly amazed and in awe at what God is doing. And he's passionate about encouraging each of us to stay true to our apostolic identity as we pursue our God-given dreams and callings. This one is a word for us, friends. You might even want to grab a pen and paper as you listen in to my conversation with Mark Crowder. Brother Mark Crowder, welcome to Good Question. So thankful to be here. Thank you for asking me. We're so excited to have you as a part of our apostolic music season. And we'll just start with letting you introduce yourself. Well, um, my name is Mark Crowder. Um, I have a beautiful wife and two daughters, a five-year-old and um, an 11-month-old, actually. And I was born in Madison, Wisconsin. My dad's an evangelist, and I've been um, apostolic my whole life. My dad was the first one to get into being apostolic. And um, I have a degree in computer science. And... uh, I have worked in that field for a number of years in IT-related cybersecurity, IT risk, and all that. Um, I also work at a church as a music director. And uh, a couple of years ago, I put out my first live project, and, and God's really blessed it. So, which is uh, one of the one uh, another one of the blessings is being on this podcast as a result <laughs> of kind of all the hullabaloo that's coming out of that. So. Yeah, hullabaloo. That's a word for it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I, I stole that from my dad. I'm not that old, I promise. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm I'm a fan of fun words, especially old words. So, yeah, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, that's really that's really cool. Um, 
We were recently in Wisconsin. Uh, my husband and I oh. and our kids um, were headed on aim to Denmark later this year, and we were there in Wisconsin awesome. visiting some churches in the Milwaukee area. And we were so impressed with the Wisconsin district, like just the nicest people that we have um, that we've met. It was very, very fun to be there. It's a very down to earth district. Um, you know, they're very. It's it's kind of an eclectic district. They they respect the differences of all of their constituents. Mm. Um, but but I I'm just really impressed with um, you know as you said the kindness and and the love that that district has. Um, and, and they've they've always been very kind to my family and myself. And, um, we came out of Calvary Gospel Church in Madison, Pastor Grant. Um, his father, now um, the younger Pastor Grant pastors there now, but his father, Bishop Grant, was was the pastor when my dad got in got in there when uh, he was in in graduate school, and then um, we were very very close to Brother Thomas, who's the pastor that took over him. He now pastors one of their daughter works. Um, I think he may have gone independent. He may have uh, gone autonomous, not independent, autonomous uh, at this point. But uh, love the Wisconsin district, love the Sotos up there, have a number of friends. So, yeah, they're great people. Yeah, it was like I said, it was a great it was a great time to be there. Um, Met some new friends. And so that was really fun. Did you start playing music as a young man in the church? The first thing I played was drums, and I kind of got an impromptu lesson from one of the pastors who we uh, visited. As I said, my dad was an evangelist. He's been evangelizing for my 31 years or so, 30, 31 years. And um, one of the churches we went to, first off, uh, was a small, small church Um the pastor was a drummer and he gave me a couple quick drum lessons. And so I kind of started playing the drums first off. Yeah. Uh, then when I, uh, I got this little dinky keyboard um, and I used to play around with it and, and try out some chord patterns and what have you. My mom played piano. So I learned a few chords from her, but um, in Middle school, I started uh, taking some piano lessons. I took about five years of piano lessons uh, before I quit. I just couldn't manage them with all of my schoolwork and extracurricular activities and then, you know, church and all that stuff, practices. So there was just a lot to do. So I quit piano. Um, But the majority of my musical education really came um, as a result of my first music director job. I um, got a job as a music director for Bishop Mike Mitchell in New York, Brooklyn, New York. He has mm-hmm. a massive church up there. And um, uh, Aaron Shields uh, was an organist there at the time. And um, I came on to assist him. And within a month, I was kind of over everything and Aaron Shields had moved on. And mm-hmm. um, I uh, was kind of thrown into the fire and so really, <laughs> really learned there. Yeah. So as an evangelist kid, were you traveling with your dad as a child or? Yeah, we had like six to seven years where we were traveling with him nonstop. That started kind of basing out of Madison and very quickly dad felt like this was long term. So they sold uh, their house um, and we traveled in a uh, old motor home mm. that lasted for less than a year. <laughs> uh, I think dad probably paid like a hundred bucks for that thing. And then... Um, <laughs> He got a smaller trailer 
And that lasted for about a year or two. And then we got a 45-foot-long uh, uh, fifth wheel. Another old-school reference is this, <laughs> there's a, the movie um, uh, uh, about the long, long trailer with oh, yes, uh, Lucille yes, yes. Ball, her husband. <laughs> and yes. so my mom loved that movie. And <laughs> that felt like we were the modern interpretation of them. And back then... You didn't see forty-five foot long trailers, um, and and I, we we got one of the first ones, and then like the following ten, fifteen years after us, there were tons of them on the road, um, and then now you see those really large and long uh, motorhomes. That's yeah. what it's come now. But then forty-five foot long trailer was was extremely rare and it was really weird and people were like oh my god look at this massive thing <laughs> Who is coming this into coming our down the parking road? <laughs> lot yeah oh, you know so we're pulling funny. into there hooking up to the water and electricity at the church and yeah it was it was very interesting uh, but uh, we learned a lot of humble beginnings and you know you don't make a lot of money out on the evangelistic field and mm. traveling all over the country and um, you know pastors paid for my first time going to Disney World and mm. they bought us a puppy, they bought us a cat, you know, different places we went. Um, they give my dad extra cash for for our clothes and and uh you know it was it was it's really, really amazing and, and I thank God for those years. Built a lot of character. Yeah. Yeah. It's an experience that I think is kind of it was definitely unique. And so a lot of people, we see an evangelist in their family that come through, you know, for a weekend or a week or yeah. back when I was a kid, you know, for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time <laughs> sometimes. Um, but it's a it's a lifestyle that not very many people have a, an understanding of if they haven't lived it. I mean, I know that I certainly don't fully grasp how it all works for people. So it's interesting to hear from a kid's perspective, kind of the things that stand out. That's interesting. Did did going to all those different churches shape your musical taste, your musical uh, style? Now, um, I I don't. I I think the answer to that would be no. Mm. Um, I, I one small caveat being there is a, a minister, uh, Brother Rose, and. And I want to say Houston, Texas, we went to African-American gentlemen there. They've since left the organization. I think they're PAW now or something, something else like that. But uh, he had introduced me to my first videotape of John P. Key. Mm-hmm. And John P. Key had, for, for this particular recording that he did, had, uh, uh, I think Rain On Us was this recording, something like that. And he had his two kids there. And I was like, totally uh jealous of his son that got to stand up there next to him while he was singing mm. and his son you know you know only went up to his hip but he had a cool one of those low double uh double breasted suits back in the day i mean <laughs> where it was like the fabric went down to the bottom of your belly almost mm. and and it was and then these two small little buttons there is the way those used to look uh back 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 then in the 90s and uh, he's sitting there just, he had this cool little thing of where he was uh, kind of tapping the heel of his foot to the to the music. And I was like, oh, man, that's so cool. And, <laughs> um, and, but so I, I fell in love with John P. Key's music from from back then. Um, but, you know, most of my musical influences, you know, really are um, kind of Todd Delaney, Israel Houghton. Um, Israel in, in in a big way, and then you know you have groups like Avalon and um, 
and uh, uh, anointed, and mm. uh, you know. Uh, and I love Avalon. I, I still yes. listen to Avalon. And, uh, you know, I love Crystal Lewis back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but I think there's something unique about the Pentecostal experience. Mm. I remember Kevin Howard uh, playing piano at uh, because of the times back in the '90s, and and so that kind of rich history of that mix of black gospel with a little bit of twist in it um, to to create that Pentecostal apostolic sound, you know, and I, I try to always remember that and stay true to that and, and reflect that in some way of, of, of who I am as a musician, as an apostolic artist. That's really interesting to hear you say that because we were listening to your music over the weekend and you mentioned that there's there's been some hullabaloo since the uh, recording that you did. And it's been it's awesome to see that. I guess it's great. And I want you to talk about that. But one of the things that I just picked up on was this does sound so much more like the choir music of my youth. Yeah than some of the other things that are out that are coming out now, which I love. I love a lot of the stuff that's coming out now. Um, But it did feel very reminiscent of old days at at the campgrounds here in Oklahoma um, and the choir songs that we used to do. And so that's it's really cool to hear you say that that's where it came from, because I was hearing that I was picking up on a lot of that. Yeah, I no, I love that you picked up on that, because I think uh, what I what I like to do is. You know, I, I think it's always cool bringing something new to the table, and I think we've done that. But I think it's also good to find a message that's already out there that's a part of who we are and, mm. and rehash that. One of the things that I feel like we don't do um, well is respecting the old landmarks sometimes. Mm. You know, I, I think as young people, it's easy to kind of just feel like we in order to be successful in order to do the right thing by ourselves and by our generation is to constantly be pushing forward i think there's 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 that value right that that is important i don't want to diminish that but in our efforts to push forward it's important for us to reflect back and so i tried to bridge that gap in the music and you I, I hope you hear the flare i hope you hear the vocals i hope you hear those those old chords those old uh you know um uh, those old uh kind of approaches to music while also hearing the newer style the mm-hmm. newer the newer music the newer recording and newer rhythmic patterns that kind of make it still fun to sing or or more fun to sing yeah. um and and so i i really want to make sure that both both elements are there I, I i want to stay true to our landmarks and and who we are but uh, also you know have something that feels new and fresh and and the cool thing about that is you take an old apostolic message, something that is true to who we are, um, really speaks to kind of our apostolic culture, and you frame it within a newer presentation. And that's how you can get a song like Any can, Anything Can Happen that's top 30 on the national gospel chart, something yeah. that we've never really seen from an apostolic artist. And I thank God for that. But, you know, we're still moving upwards. We we could we could still go much higher than that. So Lord willing, that, that happens. But you know that I think it's important to understand the value of what we have, um, and not feel like we have to copycat an elevation worship or copycat mm-hmm. a 
you know, uh, you know, somebody else that, that you may really enjoy and there's nothing wrong with them, a Bethel, whatever, uh, Maverick City, but you can be your own apostolic true self and and just put a great product out there and God will get the increase. Yeah. I love that because it helps to tie our generations into our churches and yeah. um, because what we're not, what we're doing is not a performance. It, it, right. our, it's, it's worship and it's leading our churches in worship. And so I think that sometimes, as you said, as we push for uh, trying to make everything, you know, keep moving forward and bringing in new songs and new stuff that the elders in our church can start to feel disconnected yeah. And they want to be there and they believe in the message and they be, they want to be supportive. But sometimes they can feel even pushed aside a little bit in the in our worship teams or in our music departments as new and young come in, which is which is natural and normal. Yeah. But there's still a place for them and there's still a place for that style. And I think when you can blend it together and and make room for all of it, like you said, we'll keep that heritage alive and Absolutely. maintain our identity as apostolics. Absolutely. And I'll get even more specific for a young artist out there that says, okay, I understand, you know, 50,000 foot view. What do you mean? But but what is that in practice? So, you know, for example, a lot of the songs that we do now, you know, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, I call them emo songs, you know, mm. they're, they're very, you know, they're, they're vertical, which I think is good. Um, but they're just always talking about how God loves us or how we feel about God. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to remember, you know, how God thinks about us. I think it's mm. important to quote scripture. I think it's important to, you know, call things that are not as though they were, you know, speaking faith into the atmosphere. And so those are, those are, um, you know, not being afraid to say apostolic or Pentecostal in your lyrics, if that's what fits or mm. that's what the Holy Ghost tells you to put in there. Not being afraid to say Jesus is God, Jesus is one, and 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 not not throw the way away the song just because you know it sounds corny in your mm. brain. Mm. Um, you know, because I think there's a lot of apostolic songs that our young people are writing. Uh, they feel like are super super duper corny. Um, and and they're really not. They're 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 great songs. They're strong songs. Um, they're also apostolic songs and they're doctrinal songs. And uh, you know, I, I think I think people want to hear that. People love that. And I think when when our folks are doing those sorts of things and we're declaring those types of things, um, I think it, it's very clear in the music. I think it makes a difference. And sooner than later, you'll hear people outside of our organization trying to copycat that because mm. um, I think we have a certain angle on that that other people aren't doing. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, um, the bios that I saw of you as I was looking around at your website in different places online uh, mentioned that you are passionate about prophetically proclaiming the name of Jesus in your, in your music. Is that, is that what you're talking about? That speaking to situations and proclaiming faith? Yeah, abso absolutely. Um, I believe that the gifts of spirit have to be active. You know, we're not just speaking in hopeful terms. We're not just speaking positively. And both of those things are valuable. But when you're a son when you're living in sonship to Christ, you have a deeper um, angle with which you can access it or a higher level with which you can access through his power, through his 
the Spirit through his name. And as a son or daughter of Christ, um, and you know, when we say sonship, sonship, obviously that's in reference to biblical theology. That's not a, a sexist term, mm-hmm. but when we access that sonship, whoever we are, um, God allows his, thor- his authority to flow through us. And so with, within our own, you know, personal circumstances, we can act as he did and where he said, you know, uh, he spoke light into existence. He called the sun and the moon uh, to be into existence. And he told light to be separated from the darkness and the waters to be separated uh, from each other and the ground to come up. And he called fish to be created and birds to be created and, and uh, beasts of the field. And so it, when you're proclaiming certain things, you know, you know, I'm not just speaking a miracle, hoping that God wants to answer this particular one prayer request out of a thousand. I am literally in the Holy Ghost speaking a miracle into a person's body uh, as a son of Christ. Hmm. And whether you're a daughter or son, you know, you're speaking that as in the sonship of Christ in the individual's uh, body and spirit. And I think when you can do that, you understand what you're doing. The power that comes from that and is communicated in the lyrics and in the music is fundamentally fundamentally different. You know, I I write music for church. I love that people love to listen to it. We've seen some amazing numbers on streaming services, and I don't I don't want to brag about any of those. But what I will say is. I'm thankful for all of that, but it's made for church. It's made for when people are out and about and, and they need something to help them get into a frame of mind where God can do absolutely anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's, you know, I, I'm, I make sure that I'm speaking from that place. I'm accessing that so that when other people can utilize that as well, they can feel that and that'll help them tap into that that much easier. Yeah, well, and clearly it it resonates with people because, like you yeah. said, you're you're seeing success. You're seeing that yeah. the song is popular, but it it all calls back to like we have something unique to offer the world yes. as apostolics, yes. as spirit filled individuals and musicians and singers and songwriters. We have something unique, and the world is clearly hungry for it. Yes. Talk, talk to me about the, talk to me about that song and and you've mentioned some of what's happened with it but talk talk about where it came from and and kind of what the Lord is doing with it and what you see happening. Yeah, so I'll I'll just mention two songs there. You know, Breakout is probably the number one song on my album as far as listenership and usage. But that song um, has gone all over apostolic circles. I wrote that song. Uh, I initially wrote it, I think, five years ago. No, it's been that long, four or five years ago. And um, in preparation for the recording, you know, I kind of reworked some things, but Kurt really musically brought that to life. I had my basic chording around it, but he just completely transformed it. He and, and Colton Duty and Travis Dykes they did such a great job and kind of bringing that song uh, to what it what it became. But um, thank the Lord for that. And then anything can happen. Um, I reached out to Savannah McKee, 
um, who had the idea for Anything Can Happen. She had a chorus essentially intact already. We made some adjustments to it. And she had that wonderful line in the first verse about, we want more than stories. Hmm. Um, and so when she was singing the first verse to me, we didn't end up using hardly any of it. But as far as um, you know that particular line, I said, that line has to stay. And so mm -hmm. I rewrote around that. She wrote that line. She wrote, we'll prepare the atmosphere so you can be welcome here. You know, so those are powerful, powerful lines that that were all hers. And like I said, the original name of the song, the original chorus, uh, uh, the original uh, foundation for the chorus, I should say, was all hers. And then I wrote around that, wrote um, uh, the second half, uh, the second half of that pre-chorus, um, with with Kirk Kenhai and then all of the bridge sections, uh, we declare glory, power, healing. Um, here now, I wrote all of that, um, and 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 Kurt and I, you know, worked around that through the music as far as the arrangements and all that sort of thing. So it was very much a group effort between Savannah McKee, starting with her, myself, and then Kurt Kenhai. Um, and we were very thankful with, with what the Lord with that did with that song. We've had some very big name production individuals that work for all kinds of people in the industry that voted for us to um, progress within the Grammys. Um, you know, they heard the songs and they could have voted for any of the number of people that that they worked with, but they voted for us. So we were very thankful for that. Um, but, uh, you know, just unfortunately, we just didn't have the votes to, to make it to the highest level, but hopefully in future years we will um, as, as our music gets out. But it's been very exciting to see what God's done this year. Since the beginning of the year, uh, anything can happen has kind of just jumped on the national gospel scene. Mm. And um, we started, I, I believe I was told at 104 in January. And this past weekend we were at 33. Wow. And, um, the uh, past Monday, rather, and uh, I think, Lord willing, we're going to break top 30 uh, this coming Monday. And That's amazing. Once you hit, once you hit top 30, um, that really, that really opens the door to probably about 200 brand new gospel stations around the country. Wow! And so once that happens, you know, anything could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to get into number one. And so, uh, you know, we, we thank the Lord for that. It's a blessing. It's something you, you never can expect. You know, it just you just don't know how those things are going to work. You're a nobody. Um, nobody knows who you are. You know, it's brand new music. They never heard any. They don't have anything to go back and reference. But uh, fortunately, God has given us favor with these stations and with the listeners. We're one of the most played songs on on XM radio wow. um, for, on Kirk Franklin's praise, the number one gospel station on XM. So that's nothing but God um, just and that's been over the course of the last uh, six months since January when it when it was um, implemented on there. So there's nothing that we can do about that. We can't um, we can't push it any more than, you know, people filling out surveys or whatever. But God has just made a way. He's given us favor, and, and we, we thank the Lord for that. So we'll see what the Lord has. It certainly has a lot more life in it, and we look forward to seeing what God will do. That's so exciting. Um, yeah, that's just really, really cool. And again, like it just speaks to, one, that God can do whatever He wants with what we give Him. Yeah. Um, and that 
we can stay true, like you like you were saying before, we can stay true to who we are and our apostolic message and our style and our history and our heritage. And then the Lord can take that and and people are hungry for it because they're hungry for something that's real. They're hungry for something that has yeah. actual anointing and the power of the prayers that went into it and the, you know what I'm saying? Everything that goes into yeah. each of you as songwriters then gets poured into a song that then yes. speaks to people in a way that they can't even understand because because the spirit is at work. No, I think you're absolutely nailing it, right? I it just, you've got to be true to who you are. If we aren't true to who we are, then you're just like every one of a, of a million songwriters out there that just wants to do something else. So, if you if you won't do it because it's what the Bible says, if you won't do it because it's what Jesus calls you to do, if you won't do it because that's what the Holy Ghost is asking, giving you the idea for in the first place, then at the very least, do it to be different. Mm. Do it to stand out from the crowd. Do yeah. it so you don't look like a hundred a hundred thousand other songwriters that are clamoring to be something that that are just generic vanilla christian that don't have any you know real real you know flavor to them at all be apostolic because at the at the very least beyond all the spiritual all the biblically factual reasons that it's just simply different and mm. you owe it to yourself but uh, but like you said there's anointing that's associated with that there's god's favor that's associated with that that only god is able to bless in those kinds of ways you know you don't you don't expect that you shouldn't expect that i certainly had no hmm. expectation whatsoever of any of that but all i wanted to do was you know take a step do what god told me give it the best shot that i could and and however things would end up after the fact um that's you know that's when things uh, uh, that's what i was hoping god would would step in and just do whatever he wanted and he certainly has done that and he's continuing to do that and i pray the same thing for you and and whoever else is listening to this that that has you know um dreams and and god-given god-given dreams and and pursuits inside of them that they're not sure if they should do you know you've got to go after it you've got to do what god told you to do he gave it to you for you to do not to pass off to anybody else mm. and and so don't stand on the sidelines you know i'm thankful for all of your hand claps and your attaboys and your hey that's good and your fire emojis but if god's called you to do it then you need to get out there and mm. do it and i'll Ooh. attaboy you i'll <laughs> the fire emoji you i'll back you up i'll I'll share you because I believe in that. And, and um, you know, you, you've got to go do it. God will give the increase if you'll stop talking about planting and seeds and start actually planting wow. seeds. Yeah. Whew, that's a word, man. That's a word. Praise God. I, yeah, I don't even know where to go from there <laughs> because that's that's something that I think, I mean, I know I need to hear it and I know that yeah. there are lots of people that need to hear it. You know, we've done this whole season talking about apostolic music and we've touched on, we've touched on lots of different topics um, and they apply to music and, and we've talked specifics about, about music and songwriting, but it also just applies to our walk with God and to calling and to dreams, like you just said, yeah. that doing what we're called to do and not comparing ourselves to other people and staying authentic to who God called us to be. Like these are themes that have run through this whole season. And I think that um, hearing you reiterate them right there, it was 
was really, really powerful. And it's really going to speak to somebody. So I appreciate, I appreciate that very, very much. Praise God. Especially with seeing the things that are happening um, through your music right now, just knowing that, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing what God will do if we will, if we will just do what he's asked us to do. Amen. Praise God. Well, talk to me a little bit um, about maybe those of us who, who aren't writing songs, what kind of role does our, does music play in our, in our Christian walk, in our spiritual growth? Why is it important that we have music to listen to that is godly and anointed? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's important to reinforce the, the Christian concepts that are in your life, the apostolic concepts that are in your life um, as often as you can. Um, you know, there's so many things that are pulling away from that that you have to put into that. Um, everybody on here should read the Bible every day. Does 99% of you read the Bible every day? No, you don't. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but Almost all of you, I would say 99%, do listen to music every day. So it's not a, a situation of force feeding something into your diet. It's a matter of changing the diet. Mm. And so making it intentional to do that. And so that's why I say there's some young people that are listening to your podcast that have thought of an amazing way of communicating the concept of one God or thought of an amazing way of, you know, speaking to water baptism in Jesus name, thought of amazing way of communicating our hunger for holiness, both inward and outward um, and, and being separate and apart, not, not as close as we can to the world, but set up heart, arm's mm. length, you know, distance between them and us. And, and, um, and as far as, you know, the, the holiness and how we live our lives, obviously we love them and all that, but, but holiness and how we live our lives. And, and, and so doing those things in new and creative ways in, in, in that, you know, really allow people to enjoy music so they're not sitting there. They don't, you know, I have a song called Dance on my album where, you know, I talk about getting the Holy Ghost for the first time. And a lot of people feel like that's my story. It's not my story. <laughs> I, I grew up in church, but I just felt like it was a cool way to write this, write the story of, of some random person that did get the Holy mm -hmm. Ghost. And, and certainly I'm a person that likes to get up and dance when I feel the Holy Ghost. So it was uh, self-applicable in that sense. But um, it was just a creative way to communicate, uh, you know, the power of getting the Holy Ghost and having an Act 238 experience. And because of that, you know, I think people have latched onto it because they love the rhythm, they love the music, they love the, the track but they also understand the message. Yeah. And so there's going to be people that have no relation whatsoever to the X-238 message already have who hear that song and they're like, oh my goodness, I love this song. <laughs> there, there are people out in the world that, that don't have any relation to Christ who will dance and be like, yeah. man, I love this song because it's just got that kind of a feel. And there's so many people you know, that have the ability to write those songs that can find those creative ways of doing that. But, you know, uh, you know, along with people that are completely discommunicated, or I should say unchurched, uninitiated to uh, apostolic and actually 38 experience, certainly those of us who are, 
you know, we like lots of different kinds of music too. You know, mm-hmm. we like Southern gospel. We like country music. You know, some of us like rap. We like hip hop, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So being able to have music that we can put into our hearts, put into our ears that speaks those concepts that relates those biblically apostolic tenets in a way that we can consume in an enjoyable way. It's so powerful. It's so important. Um, and uh, and so for for those of you that that may not be writers, you know, it's important to make that adjustment. You know, uh, be be a blessing to those that have put that work in to produce that material by actually going through the you know going through your playlist and changing out a couple of songs yeah. here and there, or at least or at least adding them in. Um, but I also think that it's going to make your it's going to make your worship more powerful, your prayer more powerful. Yeah. Um, there's a song and I'm not going to blow them up, you know, for, for whatever. But, you know, I was listening to them a while back um, during during a, a prayer time and, and I was just in a concept. And, um, you know, I'm kind of half musician, half preacher, you know, and, and there was a phrase that they said and I felt like it was unbiblical. And, mm. you know, so I ended up. You know, I wouldn't waste is the wrong word, but my the rest of my prayer was kind of distracting because I'm sitting there preaching against this issue of my head. <laughs> and I was like, man, it would have been better just to have a song that would have biblically aligned with how I feel. And then I could have kept on with a wonderful worship experience. Mm-hmm. But you don't you don't want songs like uh, like that, I guess I could should say, you know, to implant concepts and ideas in you that are in violation to the Word of God mm. or, or in violation to your apostolic theology and conflict there because it makes it harder for you to be who you want to be and, and do what you want to do, especially as it relates to, you know, prayer and, and, and growing in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Makes sense. Well, I really appreciate your time and I know that um I know that you have places you need to be. So I'll just ask you our yeah. final question and we'll wrap up. Um yeah. we always in this in the show with the same question, which is what is a good question that you're asking yourself lately? Oh goodness. Um I probably should have read your email so I was better prepared for that question. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't Nothing immediately jumps to mind, um, but I I will say uh, a preacher said something the other day that I thought was very impactful, and that was, you know, if you knew that you were going to die tonight, how would you live the rest of this day? Mm. And, um, you know, I there's I've probably pushed harder on my music than I than I than I would have because of that. You know, um, I, I want to make sure that um, I'm doing what God's asked me to do. You know, I, I think witnessing is important. I think you got to be teaching Bible studies. I've been, I've been on myself with that. I haven't done that as much as I would have liked to lately, just with with scheduling everything. And that's not a good excuse. But you know, if if I had, if I knew I was going to pass away tomorrow. You know, I want to know that I tried to witness to one more person. Mm. I want to I want to make sure that I did one more thing to try to get the music out there. I want to know that I tried a little bit harder to hug my kids a little bit tighter to kiss mm. my wife one more time. You know, I I, I think, um, you know, when we get too far out ahead, 
that's that's when we could kind of feel hopeless or frustrated and and you know really keep things about what are you doing today yeah, yeah. you've got an annual goal yeah you have six months goals yeah you got three months goals what are you doing today mm. today do not go to sleep without doing it you know it, be be hard on yourself in that way and uh you know i i'd also say you know with people that are um uh, people that are struggling and, and whatever well i'll take that back just people in general you know what are you doing to push revival mm-hmm. what are you doing to push revival forward you know um uh, are you are you saying that you're about revival or is your life truly about revival do the actions in your life reflect mm-hmm. that you are truly about seeing people saved and seeing people reached for the kingdom of god for the gospel of god that's your number one priority you know along with living for god are you truly living that out and um you know, that dovetails in some of the other things that I've said yeah. as far as, you know, what are important to me for getting in this, you know, done today. And and so those are those are things that I think about and, and I would encourage us to do. But I just want somebody to leave inspired to just go do what you you're you are called to do. You're never gonna have all the knowledge. You're definitely not gonna ever have all the money. You're not gonna have all the network. God will just add people and things and money to your journey as you go along doing what he's called you to do. That's the, what he does. He's in the miracle working business. And you look back and you will have crossed over a cliff and onto the other side purely by the grace of God. And the only thing that you'll be able to say is it was God. It wasn't you. You couldn't see it. You couldn't have planned it if you tried. It was all God. And mm-hmm. and that's the best way to live. So I, I want to encourage somebody to do that. Well, I love it. I appreciate the encouragement myself. I know our listeners are going to appreciate it. We're so excited for what God is doing through your music and excited to see what happens next. Thank you so much for coming and spending a little bit of time with us today. Oh, praise God. Thanks for talking. We'll we'll talk again soon. Yes, sir. Alrighty. Bye. Wow. What a powerful, encouraging way for God to confirm what we've already been hearing throughout this entire season. If you've been listening since episode one and you're still on the fence about walking forward in faith to follow the call God has placed on your life, what are you waiting for? The Bible says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Well, we have had that, plus several more. So I hope you're convinced to take a step of faith today. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with a friend. Text them a link to listen. Post about it on social media. Tell them about it in person. Take their phone and download it for them right there. And if you're so inclined, we would love if you would go leave us a rating and review wherever you get this podcast. It helps us get the message out to get more people thinking, spark more conversations, and let more people know they aren't alone. You can come find us on social media. If you'd like to talk about the episode on Instagram, we're at Good Questions Show and I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can also find us on Facebook and you can send us an email at goodquestionshow at gmail.com. Team Tanderup is decluttering and waiting on our visa approval so we can head off on our short-term missions adventure to Denmark. If you'd like to follow along with that, we're at Tanderups for Denmark on Instagram. That's Tanderups with an S, the number four, Denmark. And we are also on Facebook as well. 
This podcast is a production of Good Question Media. It's produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tandera. My co-producer, editor, and the man who has a really great gospel Pandora station called Shout is my husband, Dave Tandera. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. That's it for this week. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.